0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in the series that we're doing on the church. And uh, that's how we titled it. That's as much as we could come up with the church. So there you go. But it's self-explanatory and uh, you're in good shape. So uh, we've been uh, talking about the church the last few weeks. Remember, the, the big point I've made over the first couple of weeks is to just be thinking about the idea that you're the church, that the church is not this facility or any facility... That the church uh, is when it's referred to in the Bible and the New Testament it's always about people. Either the uh, all of believers uh, for the last couple thousand years in Christ, that's the church, or a specific group of people in a specific place, that's the church. So you're the church when you when we get together, the church is gathering together. When you leave, the church has left the building, and um, and I, I think that impacts the way that we move through life as followers of Jesus. When we understand that we are the church, twenty four seven. We don't go to church. We are the church. It's not an event. It's not something we check off the list. You're always the church when you're in Christ, and and you're the body of Christ 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's who we are. And I just think it's helpful to think about um, our walk that way because we have a tendency otherwise to check it off our list. And, okay, well, we're the the church then on Sunday mornings or Saturday evenings or Wednesday evenings or whenever else we come. But you're always a church, and we get together because it's good for us. And we're called to, and and it's part of the whole deal. But um, we're always the church. Here, out of here, we're the church. So I've asked you to think about that. And then um, moving past that, I've also asked you to think about the idea that the church then, since it's people, is is about relationships as well. And it's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with the people of God. And it's about our relationship with the people who don't yet know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that these relationships are developed in the context of worship, discipleship, fellowship, and mission. And so we're going to look at those uh, ideas uh, in this series, and that's what we're talking about. Last week, we started talking about the church as a worshiping community and what that means. And today what I want to do is I want to talk about the importance of prayer, both corporate and private, um, public and individual, however you know those terms. But I want to talk about the importance of prayer and the life of the church when we gather together and when we're um, out there being the church individually or in small groups, whatever that looks like. So I want to talk about that today. Prayer is one of my favorite topics, and uh, so I've looked forward to preaching this. Uh, but, you know, I, I love talking about the church, and that's what we've been doing too. So this is a lot of good topics in all this stuff, which is really good. Anyway, that's the intro transition time. Time for a bad joke. Guy, He's going to the gym. He's going to meet a friend there. As he walks into the gym, he notices these two very attractive young women looking at him, and he hears one lean over to the other and says, Nine. And he's feeling pretty pleased with himself. You know, and he kind of swaggers over his buddy, and he says, Hey, them girls are talking about me, and she just gave me a nine out of ten. And the guy looks at him and says, Man, I'm sorry to spoil your day, buddy, but when I walked in, they were talking in German. 9 means no in German. That's a classic. Okay, our scripture reading is right here on purpose to get me out of trouble. Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I just thought it was important that you see that, that um, the first thing that the church has recorded is recorded as doing together is praying. That's the very first thing that they were doing. They got together and they were praying constantly, is the, the way that's written there in, uh, in the New Testament. So it's a very important idea, this idea of prayer or praying. So the first point in your notes is this what is prayer? What are we talking about? What is prayer? Um, there is no one verse in the Bible that provides an exact definition of what prayer is. Um, We learn about prayer as we study the many prayers recorded in the Bible and the references to prayer in the Bible, but essentially prayer is, and most of you know this, it's talking to God. Um, For a more formal definition in the Westminster Catechism, prayer is defined this way. Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to His will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgment of His mercies. That's pretty good. That's why the Westminster Catechism Catechism is a pretty good deal. That's actually question number 98, in case you ever needed to know. You know, there was a time when people had to know all of the questions and answers to the Westminster, and that's the short one. So we don't have to know that, but it's a good idea to know about prayer and what it looks like. Probably one of the best passages of Scripture uh, on prayers found in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Most of you will know the back half of these verses as the Lord's Prayer, and so you know them already, 9 through 13. This, then, is how you should pray our Father in heaven. But I want to include the verses beginning in verse 5 because I think it's very important as well. Jesus is talking. He says this in Matthew 6, 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So um, here we have the Lord's Prayer, and here also, included in these verses, uh, I think are some of the struggles that people have with the idea of, of gathering together in, for corporate prayer as opposed to praying, you know, by yourself uh, privately and what that looks like. And, and, and because it, it looks like in the beginning there in the verses, it's saying, well, you shouldn't pray with everybody else. You should go in your room and lock yourself in a closet, and that's where you should pray. And then all of a sudden, the, 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 the verses that we know, the Lord's Prayer comes, and it's filled with corporate language. Our Father, give us, forgive us, lead us. Um, it's not a private sort of in-the-closet kind of prayer. It's a gathered-together group sort of prayer. And, and so uh, I want to talk about how these verses all blend together to give us a really good idea of the importance of prayer and um, to, to know that, that prayer is, is not just corporate and not just private. It's both, that, that there's a place for both in our lives, that both are important, and as the church, we need to be involved in both. So let's look at some ideas about prayer that come up in those verses. And uh, point number A is this. I want to talk uh, about motivation for prayer, our motivation for prayer. Matthew 6, 5, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners corners, to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Now that verse to me, it's about the motivation for prayer. And see, we're not to pray to try and demonstrate how spiritual we are so that people will admire us. This verse isn't saying that praying out loud in a public setting is wrong. It's just making sure that our motivation is not for self-promotion. So as we begin to approach the idea of prayer, because what would happen is uh, apparently hypocrites, those are actors, would love to get in front of the corporate setting uh, and they would love to stand up and pray to show how spiritual they were when in fact um, that wasn't the case at all. All they were doing was showing off so people would admire them. And what Jesus is saying here in this, he says, listen, that can't be your motivation for prayer. Um, you, you need to pray because it's what we're called to and because we need um, God desperately in our lives. But um, it's never to be in a sense of, well, look how spiritual I am. So, so when we do uh, spend time in corporate prayer uh, or we get together with a few people to pray, which is, a, you know, a wonderful thing, um, it's certainly okay to pray as long as our motivation is we just want to get together and pray because we understand that's what we're called to it's not to try and, and demonstrate how spiritual I really am and so this is a very important sort of understanding that we pray because we're desperate um, not to demonstrate how, how amazingly spiritual we are and how you know, wonderfully we pray in the process so one of the things that happens there is Jesus is first addressing motivation then he makes this point and, and, in, and this is your second, this is B, that private prayer is extremely important in our lives. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen, Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So having just discussed motivation, that it can't be all about, you know, stepping out in front of everybody just so they can see how spirit you are, your motivation is you need to connect with God. And then he says, and and really, you do need to connect with God, and you need to take time in your life that it becomes the most important thing that you do, that you're just going to hang out with God, and you're going to pray. And it needs to be so important that you actually... You know, get rid of all of the distractions, you shut yourself away so that you can indeed pray um, I don't actually shut myself in a closet to pray, but, uh, but I do have a, a place where I'm, I have set up that's, that helps me to pray significantly I have a prayer spot in my house and I find my way out there early every morning and uh, it is ready for me to pray, it's set up for me to pray um, and, and the, the coffee pot's on the way and uh, <laughs> so I stop there first. Boom, load up. Good. K-cups are wonderful things. Boop, two minutes. I sit down, and now I'm ready to go because I have a place ready to go. It's, it's free from distraction. It's quiet. It doesn't bother anybody else. And I can, I can check in um, because I know how important that is. I don't do that to... Um, uh, I don't even talk about that right now. To to go, oh, wow, he's really, it's 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 private. It's alone. Nobody knows except when I tell you, and uh, and that's the whole heart behind it. I just need to spend time with God. I want to spend time with. I'm desperate for God. If I don't find that time with Him, I find that it impacts my days in 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 ways that I don't care for, um, and and so. You know, I'd like to say 100% of the time it happens. 99% of the time, that's how my days start. Every once in a while, something weird will happen, but those are not normal events. The normal part of my life is I get up fairly early every morning and I hang out with God um, because I know how important it is, and that's what Jesus is saying. And, and I want to encourage you. As a believer, you have to have a, an inner life with God. You have to. There's no, there's no substitution for it. There's nothing else that takes that place of you having a developed, disciplined inner life. Find ways to do it. I know you're busy. I know things happen. I know there's a lot of distractions, but you, you just have to. Uh, there's, there's nothing else that substitutes for it and so find time if it means you don't sleep as much do that if it means you stay up later at night do that whatever it means to you if it means at lunch you don't eat and you take that half an hour and you pray or you, you know and you eat for two minutes and whatever it means to you find time you must find time in your life to develop your personal inner relationship with God in prayer you have to it's a, it's a it's one of the most important things you will do throughout the course of your life and so I'm, I'm just saying that to you and I, I'm, I'm hoping that that will resonate with you and 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 settle on your hearts as, as a, something that must take place. The reason I think it's so important is I believe that it's one of the things that the enemy has stolen from us, is our desperate need for prayer, especially in our culture. And um, we've started to become self-reliant because we're not having to pray like so many people in the world do for everything, every second. Um, You know, we don't, most of us don't have to dig in and pray for breakfast because it's sitting in the refrigerator. We don't have to. So it doesn't start that way. We don't have to go through the day wanting to, you know, have milk for our families because most of us have that in our culture. And, and it starts to slip away from us, and we just start to go through the day in a very self-reliant mode, and we lose this thing. And, I, I, and the enemy loves it when, we, when the followers of God don't have an inner prayer life. And so, you, you know, the prayer, prayer and the word, you guys got to dig those and you got to take them and you got to make them your own. And Jesus was saying here, that's that important that you do that. Both are crucial. And the better your private prayer life is, the better your, your corporate prayer life will be. When you gather with others to pray, it will be more impactful and vice versa. Very important. We have to stay focused when we pray. Matthew 6, 7, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Um... Anybody here ever drift when you start to pray? Does your mind go other places? <laughs> that's, that's hard. And then you try to make it up. Um, listen, um, very important. I follow a pretty disciplined prayer sort of guide. I use uh, old historical church methods in the daily office um, because but, but, um, they help me stay focused. Um, but one of the things that I think we learn when we pray with, with other folks is it is much easier to stay focused. So I think there's something that we learn in a corporate setting that we can take into a private setting about staying on track and staying focused. So really try and and stay focused and and, um, connect in your time um, in the process. Uh, It's very, very important. On my website, I have a lot of those prayer ideas. I almost have another book written, so it'll come out soon to talk about that process. Um, And then D is big too. Do not worry. Uh, Do not worry is D matthew six eight Jesus says, "Don't be like them, and he's talking about the the pagans, for your father knows what you need before you ask him and and he's connecting Jesus his verse eight with verse thirty one and thirty two later in the chapter. Let me read those to you uh, thirty one thirty two so do not worry saying, What shall we eat or what shall we think or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need him, so the need them so he's connecting that. Okay, he already knows what you need. he knows that you need these things and so um, this is where i'm I, I like this idea of freeing up some time for you to pray because people say we don't have time to pray. I love this question I'm about to ask you. It's one of my favorites. Okay, you don't have time to pray. I get that. So let me ask you this. Do you have time to worry? How many of you have time to worry every day? Yeah, I got you. I know you do. And here's what, here's what Jesus is saying. Whatever that time is that you're using for worry right now, and for some of you, it's significant use that for prayer. Worry isn't, in fact, it doesn't work anyway. Prayer does. And so I'm, I'm saying, there you go. I just found you all the time you need. Whenever you start to think that you're going to worry about something, because some of you are really good, you'll worry something to death. You'll think about how many different ways this can impact and where it can go and all your responses in it and everything else that happens and most of what you worry about never takes place. Skip it all and move right to prayer as quickly as you can, because God knows what's going on, and he, he, he knows where you're at, and He just says, connect with me, and we're going to walk this thing together. And so I want to encourage you, don't worry, pray. Now, point number two is, is this, uh, is about prayer in the early church, because we, we're talking about the importance of being a worshiping community and prayer tying into it, because they tie together. Worship, prayer, time in the Word, all tie together. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. So it was one of the things that they really focused on in this process was the importance of prayer and there's a lot of examples throughout the book of Acts of the church getting together and praying in the midst of situations and I'm not gonna go ahead and list them all but there's plenty of them in there but there is I wanted one I wanted you to see in Acts 4 uh, 23 through 31. On their release Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, and and Peter and John had just been told to stop doing ministry. Stop it. Don't, Don't tell anybody else about Jesus. That's what they've been told. So they come back and tell the church, this is the deal. And so they pray. Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, what I I hope you'll see in that passage is that corporate prayer, as well as individual prayers, whether we're praying, is never about trying to get God to go along with what we want, it's always about cooperating with Him to bring about His plan. And so the heart of prayer is not a way of getting things from God. I think a lot of people get caught here. They think that this is a way of getting things from God. The heart of our prayer, both corporately and individually, needs to be about connecting with God so that we can more fully live for Him. And I love what happens there in the Acts 4 prayer. What you see in that whole process is the believers start, they start with praise and thanks, and I I read that to you as part of the definition of prayer. Then they talk to God about the situation they were in, and they asked Him to help. It's interesting to note that they didn't ask God to remove the problem. Instead, they asked Him to help them deal with it. I think that's really significant. They didn't say, hey, why don't you kill Herod and all these leaders and all the people that keep arresting Peter? Why don't you just wipe them all out? Um, Why don't you do those things? Instead, they said, God, would you help us to deal with these people who are keeping us from knowing what we've called, you've called us to do? And, and God does. He, he empowers them to go and do what they've been called to do. And, and you know, He says, look, don't worry. I'm going to be with you. And whatever happens, happens. And I've got you forever. Um, and, and so he, he just empowers them to go and do what they needed to do. But see, here's the deal. So when we pray, sometimes God will change the circumstances. And sometimes. He'll use the circumstances to change us. And you need to know that about prayer. That's one of the cool things that happens. Sometimes the circumstances will change. He's God. Other times, He'll just change us around the circumstances and through the circumstances. That's where we grow. Nothing really changed for these guys other than they were empowered to go and do what He'd already told them to do. And they did it boldly, and, and it just took off. The leaders weren't out of place. The threats didn't stop. The guys just kept doing what they were called to do. And amazing things happened under the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit. They were just empowered to go and do what they were called to do and to do it fearlessly and boldly, which they did. So they were changed in the process, not the circumstance. And, and that's prayer. But, and sometimes when we pray, everything changes. It's fascinating to me how that happens. But but the heart of prayer is to connect with God and then figure out what He wants and then move forward from there. So this idea of prayer is vitally important and to the point where we, we've, uh, in, in prayer for a season now, I, we're going to start a school of prayer ministry, a school of prayer. We have the school of ministry going on Sunday nights, where we're, we're teaching uh, about, you know, the ministry and what that looks like, and we're working through the, the scripture together. We're going to start this idea of the school of prayer, and if you're interested in, in taking prayer to another level and learning more about prayer, then it's going to start next Saturday. It'll be most Saturdays at six thirty. Pastor Billy and Pastor Angie, come to us with a Significant background in prayer. We're blessed to have them here, and I've asked them to take on that task, and they've agreed, and um, so they'll, they'll be talking about prayer, the importance of prayer, types of prayer, um, really, you know, digging in and listening for God, uh, and and the directions, you know, that God gives us, and, and understanding what that looks like, and lots of different aspects, so that will start next Saturday at 6.30. Um, and it'll just go along with this service. That part of the, anybody wants to meet for the School of Prayer will go up into the upper room. And after, at 7.30, when we're done with this service, they can come and join us for extended worship. And, and, you know, if God's been dealing with that group up there and they have something to share with the rest of us, we'll dig in and listen to that. I'm excited about that because I think God's, you know, moving and shaking and doing all sorts of neat stuff, and we want to be tapped into what's going on with Him. So that's what's coming up. Um, let me encourage you to to take on the idea of prayer and and that it needs to be a vital part of your life and I know how busy I get it I know the distractions Um, I I honestly can tell you my prayer life got much easier when the children got older (laughs) it just did Um, but it's not an excuse I just had to find other times for it Um, you know so, so you know then it was able to go from 15 and 20 minutes to to a nice extended period of time where I don't feel rushed but I understand life however that all that time I just cleared up about worry for you, use that time. That's plenty. You don't even need to change anything because you've got lots of time invested in worry, most of you. And uh, we, just, we just pulled that open. And then boom, here's all this time now for prayer. So it's a wonderful thing. All right, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. And uh, we're going to shut it down there. If you're watching my video or on television, thank you so much. Appreciate you doing that. If you need prayer, speaking of which, go to the website. There's a prayer page. Send us a request, and we will pray for you. Come and visit us when you get a chance. Thank you.